0: True. Means, uh, you. I hope you're feeling down right now but well, you've done your country and everybody in here proud That was an unbelievable fight Well done mate you should be proud of yourself Everybody in this building was chanting Joe McIntyre, Joe McIntyre That must have been an awesome feeling On channel and you know at times like this i can only think of one thing it goes something like this <laughs> a long long time ago i can still I don't know why Tyson Furious singing With American every Pie me With every I Something touched me deep inside the day, the I thought he was gonna sing some. I thought he would sing some old, old Scottish folk tale or something, not American Pie. be more interesting, but it wasn't. So I watched the uh, WWE, WWE, don't quite have quite the same ring as WCW, uh, (laughs) Clash at the Castle, and here's what happened. First of all, comment, like, share, subscribe, follow me on Getter and Twitter at underscore Big John. Uh, So they traveled across the pond to have the first pay-per-view in in uh, Great Britain, England, in 20 years. The last one was, no, 30 years. Excuse me, SummerSlam 1992 it was. They were right. I think it, on the show Michael Cole might have said 2002. And I thought to myself, well, that's only 20 years, Michael. But they were celebrating the... uh, Wow, man, I'm fucking old. Uh, 30 years ago, I watched it live from Wembley Stadium. And they honored the family of uh, Davy Boy Smith. And also, Bret Hart was in attendance. Uh, That was one of the rare nights. In fact, I think the only night... On a pay per view where the Intercontinental Championship match was the main event. And I remember watching it thinking, wow, this is a great match. And uh, Michael Cole said, you know, that was known as one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. And boy, it does not seem like 30 years ago to me. Uh, I still remember my friend Aaron and I watching this. SummerSlam was, well, it was usually about this time of year. Uh, we're in, what, the first week of September now. And uh, SummerSlam always was like the week before I went back to school. And anyhow, uh, I remember the Road Warriors came out on motorcycles uh, the Undertaker came out riding on the back of a hearse, uh, and it was just—it was just a great spectacle. Uh, and then this great match between Davey Boy and Bret Hart, and Bret was so good in that match. And Bret Hart used to come up with some unique finishing unique ends, unique finishes, unique endings to matches. Uh, on In this one in particular, he went for a sunset slip, sunset flip, and Davy Boy rolled right through it and pinned Bret Hart to the mat uh, in a, uh, what would you call it? Anyways, Brett ended up on his back. Davey Boy ended up on top of Brett's legs uh, doing a bridge maneuver. And Davey Boy's hands were on the mat. Uh, this, the bad thing about this is, but it's also a tribute to how good Brett Hart was. Davey Boy was cracked out of his mind uh, in this match. Uh, you know, he and uh, the Dynamite Kid had many back injuries. Uh, I think Davey Boy injured his back uh, when there was some trap door in a match for somebody to come through the ring. I don't, it doesn't matter. Davey Boy was cracked out. So this was a tribute to how good uh, Bret Hart was, really. The match itself, I should say, was a tribute to how good Bret Hart was that, yeah, that is, remember, is one of the best SummerSlam matches of all time. And Davey, or Brett had to carry Davey. Um, so, we had the pre-show with two goofy guys and some cute chick in a room, uh, not at the pay-per-view itself, but uh, it was, like, pre-recorded, probably. Uh, And then during the pre-show, you had Madcap Moss, who needs a new name, and the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy and somebody I can't remember. And I was writing this down as I was watching. (laughs) I just couldn't remember the other guy's name. So he was significant. But uh, it was a good match, a lot of high-flying. The wrestlers pulled out. All the tricks, all the stops. It was a very hot crowd in Cardiff, England at this uh, stadium. Uh, and the crowd was just loving it. And the wrestlers were putting on a spectacle for the crowd. The first match of the main card w- was great. The, the women in this match could carry... I mean, these women could, could have carried Ric Flair to... Rick Flair 2022 to a better match than even Jeff Jarrett did. Uh, Bailey Io Shirai, which I need to learn how to spell that. It's spelled I-I-Y-O. Io Sky and Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar. Uh, start out with a six-woman brawl in the ring. Um, Then the the good guys and the bad guys started lining up in position for a suplex maneuver. You didn't know who was going to get the suplex, but the good guys suplexed all three of the bad guys and they were all, all six of them had their arms linked. So Bianca Alexa and Oscar suplexed, uh, Bailey, Eo, and Dakota, all as one six-woman suplex combination. Uh, really cool move. Took a while to set up because all six women had to get into the suplex linking arms and, you know, then do the suplex. <laughs> but it looked good. Uh, Alexa looks like she's back to full form. Uh, she was, of course, off wrestling for a while after the uh, Fiend and Fiendette debacle. uh was a, a Wrestlemania or so ago. And then, so she was off TV for a while because that just was terrible, terrible Writing Terrible booking. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh, then, of course, she took a few weeks off because she got married. So she's back now. And she's back to Little Miss Bliss form. And it, this is the personality she should be. She should be herself turned up to 11. So she's back in full form. Bailey and Dakota... Just look good. A lot of people have been commenting. The reason why I bring this up, commenting that Bailey's butt looks bigger. Bailey looks; she has put on some weight, and good for her. She still has abs. She's still in great shape. Uh, but as people get older, sometimes they gain weight through muscle, through diet, blah blah whatever. When Dakota was last on WWE TV, I really felt she was like sick, skinny, like anorexic or bulimic looking, it wasn't a good look for her. Uh, in this match, you could see her back was a little more uh, tapered, a little more muscular. Uh, her arms are still buggy, whip thin, but some women don't like to work arms because they think it'll make them look manly to each their own but they looked good and I'm only saying that because people have been criticizing Bailey's weight uh... Bailey looked hot and Bailey I like this character the the mean bitchy badass uh, the hairstyle everything about Bailey's character right now uh... compared to the you know cute puppy dog Bailey that we first knew and loved. So, uh, one thing I don't like is the way they use Asuka. Whenever the uh, bad guys need to get heat, need to get uh, a good guy beat down for a comeback, it's always Asuka. Now, Asuka does get her offense in in this match. she looked good, she get, got her moves in, and all that stuff. So, I just wish they would use her more and better. You know, they had a year of her being champion where she was tossed into throw together tag teams and really didn't do anything. It, And it's because Kevin Dunn's a dickhead. And Vince McMahon's a dirty old man. And they just didn't know how to use her. They didn't want to use her. How how you run a wrestling company? And believe me, Vince has brought me many years of entertainment from further back than I can remember. I just remember as a small kid always watching wrestling and it always being part of my life and so anyhow there's something Vince, if he doesn't get a character or he doesn't understand a person he just doesn't use them correctly Malachi Black is another one of those. Oh sorry pal I just don't get you so I'm gonna lay you off. Malachi Black was fucking phenomenal and so over and so popular with the fans but Vince didn't get it pal. I'm not your buddy pal I don't however the hell Vince says that. But just because Vince doesn't get it doesn't mean you still don't entertain the fans. So anyways, Bianca Belair came in, did the good comeback for the good guys. Then the bad guys start getting heat on Bianca. Bianca is just a badass. Phenomenal athlete. Great woman. Great person. Uh, unfortunately, because wrestling is wrestling, someday she'll end up being a heel. But... She's phenomenal, the best person to carry that women's title. Great wrestler, can't say enough good things about Bianca Belair. Um. So going to the finish, you had Bianca was setting EO up for her finisher move. Well, Bailey grabbed hold of. Bianca's ponytail, which allowed Dakota Kai to come in and get a kick in, and then Io Sky got a moonsault in on Bianca, and then Bailey hit the rose plant to pin Bianca Belair and win the match. And what they're doing is they're setting up a Bianca Bailey feud. Well, they're already feuding. But they're setting up for a Bianca Bailey match at one of the bigger pay-per-views. I gave this one 10 stars. Great match. Probably best match of the card. Really, the first two matches of the freaking night were the two best matches. Uh, Then we had a commercial break, and there was a Cody Rhodes comeback advertisement. You know, oh, I hurt myself. Oh, now I'm working out. I'm going through therapy, and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm gonna come back, and it could be the biggest thing ever, or it could be my biggest failure ever. I, yeah, something, blah, blah, blah. So Cody will be coming back soon. <laughs> it was a good little. It, it, you, when you've seen so many of these, because like I said, I've watched wrestling for over 41 years now. Um, I've seen so many of these wrestler coming back videos. Rehabilitation. Uh, a lot of times it was from a fake injury, but this time it was from a legit injury. But, anyways, so now we go to Sheamus versus Gunter, which I will probably refer to 10 times as Walter. But Sheamus versus Gunter for the IC title. Uh, I just wrote ahead of the match, this is going to be a slobber knocker. Um, Imperium got back together. The third man. Whoever the hell he was, I don't even know the other guy, the other two guys in Imperium. One of them I figured out his name is Kaiser, and then the third guy is Giovanni. But the only one that matters is Walter or Gunter. See, I knew I was going to say Walter. Gunter Walter is the only one that matters. But Imperium is back together. Uh, He and Seamus had a long stare down in the middle of the ring never moved while uh, Sheamus' group, whatever they're, Butch and the other guy, I don't know the other guy's name. He's not important, evidently. Uh, Imperium and Butch and the other guy fought outside the ring. And I put, again, they're giving the fans a good show. You know, the little fight I was just making fun of out the, outside the ring because I can't remember half the names of the people involved, because they're not doing this right. I only remember, I only remember Butch because, oh, he used to be really badass Pete Dunne in NXT, and now he's just a guy who runs around like crazy named Butch, and then there's some other guy that's been with Sheamus for a while. But these guys, Seamus and Gunter, beat the shit out of each other. Seamus' chest was red. It was busted open. It, it was just crazy. And you can see welts on, on Gunter as well. This is one of those matches that made you go, shit, maybe this is real. You know, maybe... maybe All these people have been telling me wrestling's predetermined and fake. Maybe they were wrong and I was right when I was a kid. Maybe this stuff's real. And the facial expressions, part of the cell, part of making wrestling or acting believable is the expressions on people's faces. And towards the latter half of this match, both guys looked, They had these great camera angles where you looked at Seamus' face and there was exhaustion but determination. And they cut to Gunter's face and there was exhaustion but determination on his face. And the, the two stared each other down as they were laying on the mat on opposite sides of the ring and then they went at it again. This is what wrestling is to me. A lot of stiff shots. They're giving the fans a really good show. The fans were into it. They're in Europe. You got two great European wrestlers. I said it was a five-star match classic. Gunther wins with the lariat clothesline, Uh, and it was it was a great match, great wrestling match. Now we came to great storytelling, great selling. But not such a great match. Um. Uh, my question going into this match was, can Liv Morgan win strong? Can Liv win win this one strong? Can she go over not with a lucky pin, a roll up, or something, you know, weird? Can she win this strong? So leading up to this, they showed her training with Matt Riddle how, how to get out of different holds and how to reverse holds in MMA so that should have been used in the build up to the match with Ronda Rousey they made Liv Morgan look bad against Ronda Rousey in my opinion so now they have to build her back up in a match with another strong MMA wrestler Shayna Baszler and Shayna is great. Uh, both ladies got big pops from the crowd. Uh, Liv loves her title belt. She's hugging it. After she handed it to the referee, she, she gave it another like pat. Like, uh, I, I love you. I'm going to miss you if I lose. And so that was pretty cool. Uh, as they're wrestling, I started thinking, for someone that's got a bad arm an arm that's so bad, as soon as someone touches it, she starts selling pain. Why isn't she wearing a brace? The announcers are putting this bad arm over, this injured arm, and she's selling like she's gonna die from an elbow injury, and I'm like, why isn't she wearing something on that to keep it in place, something to protect it, at least, a one of those elastic sleeves or something. Well, anyways. So, Liv did a lot of escapes, just like Matt Riddle taught her. She tried to match Matt wrestling with Shayna. Uh, then Liv picked up the pace and started doing her move set. But the thing is, Liv isn't... A polished enough wrestler yet. She's a fan favorite. The fans love her. I like her. She's a, seems like a nice person. Seems like she's wanted this. She's living her dream. But out of that group, okay. Of the Riot Squad, she was the only one with no independent wrestling experience. Yet she's the one still in WWE. That's okay with me. But, when she's wrestling, she basically has to walk or run from one of her signature moves to the next. There's no flow in between. It's like, okay, now I'm going to get my five offensive moves in, and then we're going to figure it out from there. Shayna is a very good wrestler. Uh, She deserved this match. She deserves to be in the women's championship picture. She deserved a big-time payday, and I hope she got one. She deserves to be a women's champion someday. But this was a very slow match. Baszler took control, working over Liv's uh, bad arm, and for a while I'm like, "Ugh, Liv, stop crying!" Like it's like she's almost literally crying in the ring, like <laughs> in pain. And I'm like, "No, that's not how a fighter." You know, a fighter might scream. I've never heard an MMA fighter scream in pain. But Liv's facial expressions, however, if she didn't do the crying sound effect and just stuck to the facial expressions, I started thinking, man, her expressions are really getting her over. Like I mentioned with Gunter and Seamus a minute ago, but in a different way. And she reminded me of Ricky Morton in the 80s where he'd have the sweat running into his eyes and running down his face. And it looked like he was almost crying. And he had these facial expressions. And he'd reach out to people in the front row and say, help me, and, and stuff like that. And the crowd would just go crazy. That's the kind of babyface sympathy Liv gets. And that's why she's over. She's such a positive, happy person. You don't want to see her get hurt. And oddly enough, when Andre the Giant was a babyface, he could get that babyface sympathy too. Where if, you, if somebody did get him off his feet, obviously it was hard for a guy of his size to spring back up. And he could get babyface sympathy too. So Liv's good at the cell. She's good at the facial expressions. Uh, Liv gets an armbar of her own on Shayna, and then Shayna takes control back. They go back and forth, but it was a very slow-paced match. Liv Morgan won with the Oblivion, that little thing she does off the middle rope and plants her opponent's face into the mat. Um, I can only give this one three stars because it was such a slow pace and the way that they had to take live between, you know, her moves and go so slow and stuff. But it was, I would not say it was a bad match. It Just on this card that was so good, it wasn't a match that I, I would write home about. Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day the big thing around this match that overshadowed the match is would Dominic turn on Ray? And I was hoping he wouldn't. We'll get to that later, uh, whether he did or not. I Going into this, I just said this should be a good match. This should be a great match. And I still want to see Rhea beat up Dominic. I want to see Rhea Ripley versus Dominic in a match where Rhea just beats the living shit out of this little punk. So Dominic, Dominic needs to get on some roids. He's too tall for his size. I kind of noted that. Uh, Edge comes out in a lucha mask. <laughs> Which I thought he would wrestle the match in a mask, but luckily he took it off. Uh, Ray and Balor start out quick. they they're two guys. Ray, even though he's in his forties, he can still go. He's still one of the fastest guys in wrestling. Balor can match him with that. So, it, and it not look phony. So they match quickness with quickness. Um, <clears throat> Edge and Priest then get in it. Uh, Priest takes control with a big right hand. Uh, Edge regained control with help from Ray. Then Dominic, or no, Edge hit a 6 1 9. Edge did the 6 1 9 on, I think it was Priest. And then Dominic interferes on behalf of his dad and Edge. He's distracting the referee so that Edge and Ray Mysterio can regroup. Then from there, after Edge and Ray have gotten their advantage back, Rhea beats the crap out of Dominic on the outside. And as she's about to body, I mean she picks Dominic up with ease. This kid needs steroids. And Rhea is just a big strapping beautiful woman, by the way. Anyhow. So Rhea's manhandling Or womanhandling Dominic on the outside She picks him up for like a Scoop slam or A fall away slam or something And as she turns and she's facing The ring carrying Dominic around Like he's a a feather That that evil Crazy masked luchador Rey Mysterio goes flying Over the top rope and drop kicks He, He kicks Dominic but obviously it's it knocks Rhea backwards and then Dominic. Oh, thanks, Dad. You saved me from the big, mean woman who's bigger than me. And so now Dominic and Ray and Edge are all buddy pow pow. Edge and Ray finish the match. Edge hits the 619 on Finn Balor. As Finn Balor is staggering back from the ropes after the 619, Edge hits the spear. One, two, three. Edge. Ray and Dominic win. Uh, I give it 4.75 stars as a match. It was good. It was entertaining. It was fast when it needed to be fast. Of course, they have to slow things down because Edge and Ray are not spring chickens anymore. So it was fast when it needed to be fast. It was slow when it needed to be slow. But they gave the fans an awesome show four point seven five stars four and three quarter stars as they would say on star search so then little dominic i told you i've been telling you people this kid's a brat he's in there with his dad and edge and he turns and kicks edge below the belt edge is selling that ray turns to dominic and is going why 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 did you do that dominic hauls off and clotheslines ray Ray is stunned. Dominic stomps out of the ring like a little punk. And Mind you, you know, Dominic's been sporting his real dad's haircut for a while. Uh, this Mysterio family must be dysfunctional. And we all know Eddie Guerrero is really, Ray's da- or really uh, Dominic's dad, right? We all know that. We watched it t- 20 years ago. So he's Dominic is sporting his real dad's hairstyle, the mullet. Uh... And Dominic walks up the ramp. He's ripping his shirt off. No body on this kid whatsoever. When I was his age, I had a body. I got a really big body now, but I used to have a good body. I give this part one star. I think it's stupid to break up the Mysterios. They'll break them up and get them back together, but it's just stupid. Not everything has to end in a heel turn you know but anyways so then we have Matthew Riddle Matt Riddle he has a first name and it's actually he says his full name what makes Matthew Riddle work or Matthew Riddle Tick he says in the intro to this match so we have Matthew Riddle versus Seth Rollins <laughs> uh I thought this would be a good match. I thought they'd burn it down. Riddle starts out fast, uh, beating the crap out of Rollins. You know, for the things Rollins said about uh, Riddle's family and all the you know blah blah woof woof. Uh, Rollins got control back for a minute after uh, Riddle got on, uh, or Riddle was getting a warning from the referee, that gave Rollins time to recover and attack. The ref was warning Matt Riddle for not obeying rope break rules, getting uh, Rollins on the ropes and not letting him off at the five count and all that stuff. Uh, I wanted to watch this match because it was so good, so I didn't take a lot of notes. It was another five-star classic. They put on a great show for the fans. Uh, The momentum and tide really turned when Rollins power-bombed. Riddle into the barricade outside the ring. And then he was able to... (coughs) Take control. Good match. Rollins won. I fell asleep... (laughs) Before I saw the ending. So for saying what a good match it was... I was just really fucking tired. But... I saw Seth Rollins won... Don't know where they're going to go with this angle, but it's a good storyline, it's a good feud. Not everything can have a world title or some kind of championship involved in it. Then we have the main event, what you paid to see, or didn't pay to see. But anyways, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. They started out slow. The fans are behind Drew 1000%. Uh Roman Reigns is using the stall tactics to kind of, you know, offset the fans. You know, Roman's slipping out of the ring. He's walking around the ring to keep uh Drew from getting that momentum from the fans cheering. So Drew's in control. Ends up getting distracted by carrying cross outside the ring, which allows Roman to take advantage. And then Roman was in control the most of the match. Um, Charles Robinson takes forever to count to 10, which, by the way, uh, they've announced somewhere online or in the WWE or some wrestling rule book that the 10 count doesn't mean 10 seconds or the five count to break when somebody's in the corner or on the ropes. That doesn't have to be five seconds. It just is the amount of time it takes the referee to count to 10 or to five. Well, it took Charles Robinson about 20 minutes to count to 10. Uh, And Drew was on the outside. Roman kept beating him up and throwing him out of the ring, trying to get... uh, McIntyre counted out, but also as Charles Robinson is counting, Roman keeps walking up behind Charles Robinson, so he has to stop counting and tell Roman to get back. Totally counterproductive, Roman. Don't do that. Jeez. you think this stuff was fake or something. So anyways, but when you see Charles Robinson, you know there's going to be a ref bump. Just like when you saw Earl Hebner roughing a match, oh, there's going to be a ref bump. <laughs> the ref's going to take a bump. So Roman got control most of the match. Uh, Drew kicked out at one on the first several pin attempts. Uh, Ro- Roman got on the microphone. Uh, Cardiff acknowledged me. And, of course, they booed. They didn't say, you are our tribal chief. Does he ever think some crowd somewhere is going to go, tribal chief? No, they always boo. You're the bad guy. God. So, and then, of course, came the ha-ha moment. So, Charles Robinson is admonishing Roman Reigns for not respecting his authority. And Roman, uh, Drew McIntyre comes up, does the Claymore kick into Roman's back, Knocking Roman into Charles Robinson and Charles Robinson out of the ring Seconds later as if he were waiting in the wings gee like he somehow he knew Here comes Austin Theory's music Austin Theory comes running to the ring with his money in the bank briefcase Is telling the referee that he brought with him. I want to cash this in I want to cash this in except one problem He's saying it in front of Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury gets up, knocks out Austin Theory, which is what happened last time Austin Theory tried to cash in his money in the bank. Brock Lesnar gave him an F5 and knocked him out. So Austin Theory did not get to cash in his money in the bank briefcase. So. After that, we have more spears, claymore kicks. Uh, It's essentially the same Roman Reigns match we've seen over and over again. Superman punch, Superman punch, spear, spear, Superman punch, spear, Superman punch, spear. And then, Roman gets the claymore kick. He's going to win the match. And uh, Solo Sokoa pulls the referee out of the ring to save Roman. Solo then grabs Drew by the head as Drew is, of course, distracted by Solo, pulling the referee out of the ring. Uh, Solo snaps Drew's neck across the top rope. Uh, Drew goes stumbling backwards. Roman gets the spear miraculously now Charles Robinson is back in the ring and he counts the three and Roman is still the uh, uh, unified world champion it was a good match they got the fans involved Uh, as per the clip I played at the beginning of the show yeah you had Tyson Fury in there congratulating Drew McIntyre on behalf of the uh, people of Wales and whatever. But really, I can only give this match three stars. Because it's the same Roman Reigns match I've seen over and over. There was just a different person doing outside interference this time. Uh, for some reason, Paul Heyman could not make the trip. Uh, I don't know if it has something to do with ma- vaccine mandates or something. Uh, but there was some reason Paul Heyman could not come on this trip. The, they, uh, they pointed that out. Uh, the bloodline, uh, Uso number one and Uso number two, whatever their names are, they weren't there either. So it's like, wow, geez, Roman's going to have to fight for himself for a change. And then, of course, not. He had a cu- another cousin. The Usos' youngest brother, he came out, and he saved Roman. So it's the same Roman Reigns match we've seen over and over. Now, Roman is a great bad guy. He's a great heel champion, and people see pay to see Roman Reigns. But who's going to beat him? Obviously, they're setting up his next opponent to be Scarlett Bordeaux and Karrion Cross. Uh, and I think Karrion Cross will be the one to take the belt off of Roman, or at least one of the belts. So that's how it went. Overall, it was a great pay per view, very entertaining. There were just a few low moments where it's like, eh, they could have done a little better. But all in all, the fans loved it, and that's what mattered. The fans were going nuts. Fans are electrified everywhere for wrestling right now for WWE. The uh, ticket, excuse me, ticket sales are up. The uh, Everything is up. Everything is up, up, and up, on the up and up. Uh, People are talking about WWE again in a positive manner. So there's a few bugs to be worked out, some things that could change. And uh, the, the biggest question right now, in the last, just in the last month or so, it's gone from, well, is AEW going to, overtake the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, no, nobody will ever beat Vince McMahon. Probably true. Well, Vince McMahon's not there now, so you can't say that. But now the question has turned into, is AEW going to implode with egos behind the stage, behind the scenes? Not everybody is happy, happy, joy, joy in love with one another anymore in AEW. And the positive mood b- backstage at WWE is back. People that were cut, released—that you're going, why the fuck was this person who we loved released? Oh well, they released Karrion and Cross because they brought him on to Monday Night Raw and they gave him this retarded warrior gimmick. It was stupid. It was horrible. Malachi Black, oh, we loved him. He was over even during the pandemic time. Uh, Paul Heyman had him rising up out of a grave and walk entering the ring by doing a somersault over the top rope. And Vince McMahon says to him, "I just don't get you, pal. I don't know how to use you. I don't understand you." Here's an idea: have him be a badass fucking wrestler. Oh, but we don't use words like wrestler and wrestling. So now Vince is gone, and Malachi Plack wants to come back to WWE. He's asked Tony Khan to release him because he doesn't like the way he's being used in AEW. I don't know. Falls in a well, eyes go crossed, just kicked by a mule, go back to normal. I don't know. So, fun show, entertaining. Fans enjoyed it. Fans were entertained. The wrestlers went all out and pulled out all the stops for the fans. And that's what wrestling is about. Suspending imagination and just having a good old time. So God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Have a good night. See you next Papper view or next premium live event. I hate calling it that. Goodbye. God bless you. (laughs) Brr! <laughs>